You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald with great news to share with our valued 24-7 sports VIP members. As a way of saying thank you, a subscription to a CBS all-access commercial-free plan is now included with your 24-7 sports VIP membership at no additional cost. Watch all of your favorite shows on demand along with exclusive access to GoPowerCat's award-winning and one-of-a-kind coverage of Kansas State sports. Stream more than 10,000 episodes all access originals and live TV, including NFL on CBS games. Enjoy the CBS all access commercial free plan, a $99 and 99 cent annual value for the lifetime of your 24 seven sports VIP membership. It's an incredible added value for our subscribers and it's time you probably take advantage of this deal and become a go Powercat member. And remember to subscribe to the PowerCat Podcast at your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here is your PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Postgame Podcast, presented by Caddyshack Golf, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Kansas State has reigned supreme in the Bleeding Kansas battle, the Bleeding Kansas Bowl. Brian, I'm not going with Sunflower Showdown in this podcast. I'm going to go with a little historical stuff since I'm a Civil War guy. I wish they had John Brown's rifle to claim as the prize instead of a cup from the governor. It's Tim Fitzgerald with former K-State offensive lineman Brian Hanley here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. K-State dominated Kansas 38-10 to in a game that wasn't even nearly that close. It was complete domination from wire to wire by these Kansas State Wildcats offensively, defensively, and even at times in special teams. It was a brilliant day for Chris Kleiman. It was a brilliant day for Skylar Thompson. And it was a remarkable day for a group of running backs who were put into the forefront, led by Harry Trotter. Why? Because James Gilbert, the starter, was not available. Jordan Brown, his backup and a very functional backup at that. Only got two carries because he too was injured. So they went with third string Harry Trotter as the main guy. Ran Skylar Thompson a whole bunch and ended up with their 11th straight victory over the Kansas Jayhawks. And K-State is bowl eligible now at 6-2 and two overall and believe it or not, sitting in a tie for third in the Big 12 at 3-2. and two. Dominating defense. As I mentioned, Skyler, brilliant at quarterback. And throughout this podcast, we will be hearing game clips with the call of Wyatt Thompson. And we thank our friends at Learfield IMG for access to the Kansas State Sports Radio Network. 
throughout this podcast. And as I mentioned, we are brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing, Willie apparel, accessories, and more. Use the code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And we will have a Caddyshack Golf question of the week from Wabash Station a little bit later in this podcast. In fact, uh, it'll probably be the first one I kick to you. Uh, A lot of good questions, but one that really kind of sets the tone. But let's just touch on this game, Brian. I know you down there in Frisco, Texas, were part of the FS1 issues in watching the game, but you listened on the radio, so you went old school. Um, But it was dominating. It was impressive. Yeah, I mean, uh, so for the most part, I could watch some of it, but it was just a nightmare. But it, this was just a total domination. I mean, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, the only complaint that you could have is we had penalties. A lot. Because the game could have been worse. I mean, we could have scored 60 points. You know, I mean, we just kept – we killed ourselves with some penalties. But you know what? I don't want to harp on that. This was just a an absolute dominating performance. Really good to see. Uh, and that shows the sign of a good coach team after such an emotional win the week before to come back and to dominate your rival like this after that shows that you're being very, very well coached. Really, really proud of everybody. Yeah, that was impressive. They regrouped. They focused. And K-State was clearly the more focused team in this game. Les Miles had kind of had a little spiel about not knowing who Kansas State was. Well, he got the message uh, that Kansas State is the team that usually wins these games in the modern era. And it's it was a really, really impressive performance. But we got to start with Skylar Thompson. Called upon to run the ball 17 times in this game, Skylar Thompson racked up 127 rushing yards. Kleiman said after the game, more than they intended, but KU refused, just simply refused to adapt to the option play, and K-State ran it with uh, Thompson and Trotter throughout this game and just kind of clowned that KU defense. I don't know how they weren't prepared for it in any way because K-State showed it last week, albeit on one play, but they showed they have it in their arsenal of plays, and they ran it repeatedly at a KU team that just didn't know how to stop it. Yeah, it just looked like they had never seen an option before, and we just kept running it, and just, it was almost a refusal, just what you said, of guys to run to the quarterback. I'm like, at some point, you would think somebody would just maybe even break an assignment and just hit the quarterback. That never happened. So I just kept running it. Uh, it's like you said, running 17 times might have been a little bit much, but it wasn't like it was quarterback isos. It wasn't anything like that. So it was really just a good performance. I thought Skyler played outstanding. Outstanding. He really did. And it started on that first drive with Kansas State. Okay, you got the ball to start the game. Went three and out. The defense set a tone that would be repeated over and over throughout this contest. And then K-State got the ball and started you know, slugging its way down the field with a very physical running game that simply battered and belittled a KU defense that wasn't prepared for that level of physicality. K-State just shredded that KU defense, not with big plays in the running game, with hammering the ball at him and picking up first downs. But this was a big one from Skylar Thompson. He didn't quite get it into the end zone on this quarterback draw, but it set up a touchdown a little bit later. Tight right, trips to the right. Here's the option for Skyler Thompson. Great fake, he'll run 30. He's at the 20, to the 15, 10, 5, and down at about the two-yard line. 
line. Skyler Thompson will be marked at the two and a half. Hassan defense saved a touchdown. On the field is that the runner was short of the goal line. It's first down. Excuse me, that was an option play. I, I remembered it wrong. And that was Cooper Castleberry, the white hat in this game. I'm glad he was on that highlight because he was a big part of this game. He and his crew, K-State with 11 penalties for what, more than 100 yards. An amazing stat was K-State led 17-3 to at halftime, Brian. And they had more penalty yards than KU had offensive yards. That's yeah. how dominant K-State was and how much they shot themselves in the foot. And like I said, this was 38 to 10, but it felt like it was 58 to 10. It was just that good. Uh, but Skylar Thompson running that option, man, it felt old school. I love the option. And, and apparently KU's defense coordinator has no clue how to stop it. No, absolutely not. And, and, in all fairness, I, mean, I shouldn't say in all fairness, who cares if KU's upset or not? <laughs> and it, it was just, I felt bad for the kids. It was like they were just totally unprepared. I'm like, my goodness, over and over and over again. It was just constant. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. But you know what? I was, as a former offensive lineman, I loved seeing us just pound them literally into submission. Just Beat them up, beat them up, beat them up into submission. It was great, great to see. And like you said, not big plays. We'll get six here. We'll get four here. We'll get nine here. And just constantly and just beat them down, beat them down, and, and let them understand, hey, I know you had a good win last week, but let's get back to reality. This is K-State versus KU, and we're winning 11 in a row. Yep, it was uh, something else. K-State ran 76 plays in this game, 60 of which were running plays. They ran it 60 times for 342 yards, a season high on the ground for the Cats. It was really the system at work. Harry Trotter was good, but not spectacular. Joe Irvin, the freshman, played a little bit. He was he was rock solid. They brought in Tyler Burns towards the end of the game, and he was really good in his short time on there on the yeah. field and, and scored a touchdown. This was just all around impressive as K-State did everything they wanted to do uh, in this game to win, racking up 471 total yards on those 76 plays. The defense limited KU to 51 plays and just 22 minutes of time of possession. K-State held the ball for 38 minutes. I do a thing called five keys to victory, and my friend K-State followed them pretty darn closely except for those penalties. This was really impressive, and K-State got on the board with this run from Skylar Thompson. From the one-yard line, here's the turn and the fake. Thompson is going to run to the right. He will score! Wildcat touchdown in the Sunflower Showdown. And it's Kansas State on top 6-0 with 7.21 to go in the opening period. When you're an offensive lineman, uh, which you were uh, for Kansas State in 97 and 98, um, how important is it to take that first drive and just shove the ball down the opponent's throats and make them physically pay at the line of scrimmage and set a tone for the game? It's exactly right. Sets the tone. Uh, very, very important. Let's them understand, hey, this is what you're in for all game long. It's going to be constant. We're coming right at you. There's not really going to be anything that you can do about it because and this is what we're doing. Uh, I just I love when teams do that, especially when K State just came out and just pounded them right in the mouth. Um, we had a stretch where we were, we didn't do that, 
And now it seems like we're back to doing that again. And it, it feels it's, it looks better. You know, you can tell that the guys are getting better. You know, it's like we got ranked early in the year. We won those three games. And then we had, I don't know if it was necessarily a letdown, but we didn't play as well as what we could have played. Get ranked again, played even better. I don't know if we played better than the week before. It was definitely more dominant because the competition wasn't as good. But so we're learning. We're getting better. And that's the sign. Kids buying into the system. Coaches coaching well, preparing. It's just all good signs. Good signs. K-State didn't have to throw the ball much in this game. In fact, Skylar Thompson ran it 17 times and threw it 16. But when he did, Brian, he was money. He either threw the ball away or he put the ball on his target. A couple drops in there or a couple passes that maybe should have been caught for the most part. He was money, and quite often it was to Dalton Schoen. Malik Knowles really wasn't a factor in this game. He did play, um, but he had one catch. In fact, Dalton Schoen had two catches, both of them memorable, and Nick Leonard's two catches, and the other seven, or excuse me, five, were divided up between other players. And another amazing stat in this game was the team leader in tackles was four. That's how much everyone pitched in on this defense and really, really got it done. But that passing game with Skylar Thompson to Dalton Schoen on two plays in particular converted some first downs. Just enormous by the junior quarterback to the senior receiver. Here's one of those catches by Dalton Schoen. Third and six Wildcats from the Jayhawk 48. There's the snap. Thompson looking, still looking. Pumps under pressure, got away from that. And now Skyler will throw it to the sideline. Schoen's got it at the 35. Breaks a tackle at the 30. Still going down the sideline and finally out of bounds near the 27. Schoen with a big-time play. Ricky Thomas forces him out. Man, Skyler was sacked. I don't, still don't know how he, he shook that tackler. He just kind of ducked underneath the tackle and popped out and, and uh, found shown along the sideline and he broke about three tackles as he was a spinning whirlwind going down the sideline uh but dalton or excuse me uh skylar thompson brian since you know since those two losses we've just seen him get more and more command back there he's just very confident right now and a guy who wasn't really going through his progressions and reads all of a sudden is just reading defenses like a whiz how much has he grown up during this three-game winning streak for kansas state He's grown up a ton. It's kind of what we spoke about uh, even two weeks before and even more last week. The confidence factor, bringing us back, winning the game for us with the huge plays against TCU, playing an outstanding game last week, and now it's carried over again into this week. So it's just he's playing really well. He's getting better. Um, and he's just continuing, just continuing to grow as a quarterback, which is all good things for us. I, I'm really, really proud of him and the strides. And you can see it yeah. on the field. You can see it's not that he wasn't a leader before, but you can see his confidence on the field. You can just see it out there. You know, it's kind of not that a light switch went on, but it just, the, just the confidence is just oozing out of him right now. It's really, really fun to watch. Harry Trotter, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, was put into the spotlight in this game because of the injuries to the other top running backs on this roster. Trotter ended up running the ball 20 times for 92 yards, averaging 4.6 yards per carry, and scored this touchdown. 
at Memorial Stadium. Here's Thompson. He'll run the option pitch again. He'll pitch it to the far side. Trotter will walk in. Wildcat touchdown. That was beautifully done by Skyler, the offensive line, and Harry Trotter. K-State's lead is 13-3. What's it say about an offense that can go to its third running back and still efficiently run the ball and just dismantle a defense like that? Yeah, I mean, it was just it, everybody played well. I mean, you know, it's just an all-around good team game. But running the football, I mean, when you can run the football like that, uh, it, it's going to set up. I mean, obviously, you're going to win a football game, and you're going to do it in a convincing fashion, which we did. Uh, but it sets up everything else. And clearly, we want to be a running football team first. And we were able to definitely establish it early. Um I was proud of Trotter stepping in, yeah. proud of Skylar's, proud of everybody, you know, running the football. And people ran hard. You know, there's one thing to get into the game and to get football and to run a little bit. The guys ran hard, you know. And I know the offensive line played well, clearly. I mean, they just dominated from the first snap. But running backs ran the ball hard. And that's a key to a successful running game is when you have running backs running the ball hard. So it was really good to see. Let's put that score by Harry Trotter into a little more context. K-State had scored the first touchdown, and then KU went down and kicked a field goal. So it was 7-3 to three as that first quarter came to an end, and that Trotter run there kind of, it kicked off the second quarter and put K-State up 14-3. to But as much as we just talked about the offense, it really was this defense. The defense was absolutely incredible through that first half. In fact, they were incredible through the entire game. As I mentioned, KU only ran 51 plays in this game for 241 yards. And the third down conversions for KU, 2 of 10. K-State remains among one of the best teams in the country defensively in preventing third down conversions. Offensively, Kansas State was 11 of 17. So yes to the KU defense. They put K-State into 17 third down situations. Bad for the KU defense because uh, they gave up 11 of those. And uh, and also, K-State ventured into the red zone five times. They scored five rushing touchdowns. But let's talk about that defense. And here's an early big play as Jerron McPherson gets the interception. Stanley back to throw on first down. He'll fire near side and that one is is it picked off near the 40 I believe it is 42 yard line a rolling catch for the Wildcats and it's Jerron McPherson who makes the play with a flag down and he spun the football like a pro like an NFL receiver and they're gonna give him a 15 yard penalty for celebration that was part of the problem right there McPherson with a great pick and then he kind of does the roll the dice thing spins the football and gets 15 yards in case they can't score after that but it still was a great interception but if you name a player of the game this would be one of the two candidates Trey Deshaun Trips to the right in a short bunch set. Wide receiver left. K-State pressuring Stanley. Down he goes at the 27-yard line. It is Trey Deshaun with the sack at the 27. And if you wanted someone else, maybe Daquan Patton, who had uh, just an incredible interception along the boundary, Brian. It was really amazing. He dropped into coverage. It was pure scouting. Scotty Hazelton had him prepared. Defensive coordinator for K-State had him prepared for this particular play. He dropped into the coverage, and I'll get your comment after this, but here's Daquan Patton's interception. Get something going here late in the half for Kansas. Puka Williams is running back. Stanley will fire far side, and it's intercepted. It's intercepted by the Wildcats. Daquan Patton at the 40-yard line. 
So the defense had gotten the ball back and then squandered the you know, the offense couldn't do anything with it after the penalty. And then eventually, KU got the ball back late in the second quarter, a chance to go down the field, only trailing 14-3, to and Daquan Patton takes it right back and establishes the dominance of that KU defense. It was a brilliant performance against the KU offense that has been racking up points these last two, three weeks. Yeah, they have. I mean, KU's offense has been playing really, really well the last few weeks. So it was good to see us come and basically just put the clamps on it. They couldn't throw it. They couldn't run it. It was just good to see us out there flying around. It's kind of like you said, uh, Coach Hazleton had them prepared um, just to be able to stop what KU has been doing. Now, I mean, like I said, they've been putting up the points against everybody. I'm not saying that those teams had the, the best defenses in the world, but it doesn't matter. You put up those kind of points and those kind of yards, I mean, it's hard to do that against air. So K-State coming out and stopping them and just putting the clamps on them, like I said, it was good to see. Just a really, really good win for K-State. Scotty Hazelton referred to this earlier this week during his Thursday press conference. He alluded to the fact that there's run-pass options with post-snap reads when the quarterback really is deciding whether he runs or pass. Or there's the version with pre-snap reads in which they decide what he's going to do. And I think he was sending a message right there that they knew Carter Stanley was doing pre-snap reads. It was not a true RPO offense. He is not running a true RPO offense for as much as new coordinator Brent Deerman is known for that. He was doing pre-snap reads. Hazleton exposed him, really did, by giving him something to look at at the you know as the snap neared and then changing it post-snap or right before the snap and messed with him. It, it was really, really fun to watch how much this defensive scheme really won the day. I mean, the KU just couldn't score, and, and you could see the frustration mounting. But at that point in the game, it was still 14-3. to And as we go into a break here on, after one half of the uh, Powercat postgame podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf and one half of the football game, uh, we will return to the WTC Gig Pirate Studios right after this. And this is how the first half ended. Blake Lynch lines up for a field goal. 39-yard try. This one is on the way, and it is good. He nails it for the Wildcats on the final play of the first half. Your questions from Wabash Station await the PowerCat postgame podcast right after this. Stay locked in. The PowerCat podcast will be right back. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Postgame Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. They're for K-Staters by K-Staters with jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories. Caddyshack Golf Wear. It's Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. It was a sellout at Memorial Stadium today, Brian Hanley. They're very proud of it. But let's put a couple asterisks in there. A lot of K-State <laughs> fans were at this game. K-State bought yeah. a lot of tickets. And they also gave away a lot of tickets with what I think was a really smart promotion. If KU beat Texas Tech and you had purchased a general admission ticket to that game, you got a free ticket to this game. So it was, quote, a sellout, even though there was a bunch of free tickets. So it was a good atmosphere. The optimism of KU fans was high. They love Les Miles. And then they got throttled. They just absolutely got throttled, and I want to start off kind of where we left off as we move into the questions from Wabash Station. And, Brian, man, Coach Scotty Hazelton, Fervent Purple, ask us what I'm going to call our Caddyshack Golf Question of the Week. Fervent Purple will be winning a gift certificate from Caddyshack Golf because he said it perfectly. How underrated is Coach Hazelton? That's back-to-back weeks with an incredible game plan against different offenses, and his players bought in and executed. How remarkable was that? Yeah, I mean, he has got... Whatever he's preaching, the kids are buying. And that's all you can ask because he has got those guys out there playing some outstanding football. So you can't do, I think, it, I know it has to do with attacking. Guys like to attack, they don't like to be on their heels, they like to read and go, and that's it. And we're doing a lot of those things. But more importantly, guys are in position and they're tackling. They're getting better. You know, they, they tack there was a couple games where we weren't, and now we are. We're just better at doing these things. I think it, it all comes back to coaching. The coaching has gotten these guys better and they're buying in. They want to win. And you can feel that on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not saying you can't on the offense, but we're talking about the defense. And you can feel that on the defensive side of the ball where guys are just where they're supposed to be and they're making plays. They're just making plays, and it's very – I mean, it's so good to see guys are tackling – hitting, knocking people around. They're controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, Coach has got him going. He's got him going. K-State get out of this game fairly healthy, although A.J. Parker looked like sprained an ankle late in the game and was on crutches on the sidelines. If you had told me K-State Nation would be so concerned about A.J. Parker being on crutches at the end of the game. I mean, people are having heart palpitations over this. He has come so far between his sophomore and junior seasons. A.J. Parker's a true shutdown corner, and he was awesome when he was on the field for the Wildcats. What is this kid bringing to the field for K-State? He's bringing a swagger. He's bringing the confidence. But more importantly, he's bringing ability. You know, you can have all the swagger and you can have the confidence, but when you're, you don't have the ability, that doesn't mean anything. And he's in position. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the most athletic guy. He's just very good corner, college cornerback. And I, I mean, he's just, he's playing well. He's confident. He's out there. He's in position. He's making plays. Um, he's guarding tough receivers and he's stopping them. You know, he's doing his thing out there. It's all you can ask. I mean, he's playing very well. I don't know what happened between last year and this year, but you know what? 
sometimes the jump that people say that you make between your freshman and sophomore year, sometimes it takes another year. If you were going to pick a defensive assistant coach of the year for K-State, it wouldn't be easy at all. But I think we have to kind of sneak in Van Malone, maybe towards the top of that list, the cornerbacks coach, for what he's done with A.J. Parker and the whole group. This was really a point of concern for Kansas State going into the season. And there was a real interest here that K-State was going to run a little more man-to-man, be a little more aggressive on the outside. They've mixed it with a lot of zone, but they were going to do some different things. And the corners have held up for the most part remarkably well it's been a great coaching job by van malone yeah absolutely that was definitely uh, a point of concern for all k-state yeah. fans was the defensive secondary and they're playing well you know like i said coach malone's got them going guys are out there they're in position that's the the main thing yeah. when guys are in position that's helps everything and the guys are in position so when they're in position they're out able to make the plays that they need to make so hats off to you coach sometimes you lose a battle and we've seen it with aj parker and the other guys but for the most point this year they're standing toe-to-toe with some really good receivers in this conference and uh getting the job done right now we're going to go to the next question from wabash station as cfi hde flips the tables here Ditto for Coach Messingham's game plan. These last two weeks, Courtney Messingham's had this offense locked in on what it wanted to do. And mostly for me, uh, it's been about the offensive line. We talk a lot about Skyler and the running backs. What has changed about this game plan and how the offensive line is executing it for K-State? Well, I think we are going back to dictating what we're trying to do versus reacting. It felt like we got a little off track trying to react to what three-man line was doing and, and that sort of thing. And now we're just going back to just dictating what we are going to do. And we've got some different schemes. I mean, we've seen, I've seen some, some blocking combinations that I've never seen before. But for the most part, we're just going back and doing what we're doing and doing it well. Yeah, it really has. They, they have just gotten mean again. You know, they, they went through the two-game losing streak and really the TCU game in which they didn't run the ball very well. And just, I don't want to say they were passive. They just didn't seem to be setting the tone in the games. And now in back-to-back weeks against the fifth-ranked team in the country at the time, Oklahoma, and your in-state rival, Kansas, which was extremely cocky coming into the game, they let them know who's in charge. Um, <laughs> and, and boy, they they did a great job protecting for Skylar Thompson when he wanted to throw it he as i said he didn't throw it very often but there was just a wonderful throw early in that second half it was one of my favorite plays of the game because skyler rolled out he had nick Leonard's right in his foreground he could see him wide open uh and i was really surprised he threw over the top of nick Leonard's because he saw dalton Schoen put a move on the defensive back and get some separation skyler underthrew it by just a hair but dalton Schoen made a great catch and here we go it went for 46 yards here's the fake handoff now thompson rolling to the right wants to throw has a man throwing it deep for shown up into the air he's got it he's got it at the 30 dragging a jayhawk to the 25 down to the 23 yard line of kansas that's kyle mayberry big time play by dalton shown and skyler thompson there for k-state 
Bless Mayberry's heart, man. He was hanging on for dear life. He had Shone's undershirt, not his jersey, his T-shirt underneath his jersey, and stretched it out about three feet as he held him up enough to get him down. It's a Skyler. I mean, it it just led to another rushing touchdown for him. Um, I, I don't. I'm running out of words to say about Skyler Thompson because he was he was that good in this game and and the last two weeks. Um, just really uh, an amazing performance. And now Runaway Train, and I think this is a new question person here, uh, was that the most lopsided 4-TD game you have ever witnessed? Although you didn't witness a lot of it, Brian. Have you ever uh, been, a, been kind of uh, tuned into? That did not feel like a four-touchdown game. It felt like an eight-touchdown game. Yeah, I mean, it never really seemed close. You know, from what I got to see, and like I said, I got to see with blurred, you know, TV. Uh, thank you, DirecTV. <laughs> um, but it was, it just never seemed like the game was close. Even from the very beginning, it just didn't seem like, okay, you had a chance. And again, that has everything to do with the opening drive. And it just, it, it didn't seem close. It just seemed like we imposed our will immediately and there wasn't anything that they could do about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was one of the most lopsided four touchdown games I've ever seen. Because, like I said, it, it could have been 50 points, 60 points. I mean, you know, we stopped ourselves a couple of times. So, yeah, yeah it was just devastating. It, it wasn't a close game. A big picture question for you, Brian, is, is K-State now after those two losses brought – everyone down to earth a little bit but sitting at six and two with four games to play all of which are winnable they go to texas next week the longhorns have struggled they were off this week so maybe they're going to regroup and get healthy uh that is certainly i think the toughest game left on the schedule although iowa state bookends that with game 12 coming to manhattan but these are winnable games. They got West Virginia coming in. They go to Tech. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities here. I'm not saying they're going to win them all. I think we made that mistake earlier when they beat Mississippi State. I'm saying they're at six and two. I had them at six and six this season. Does this feel to you like K State's a little bit ahead of schedule with climbing and company? Absolutely. I mean, we've got six wins now, and because that's where I thought I thought we'd be a six-win team. Uh, we would get better. We'd struggle early, get better throughout the season. Well, uh, we're ahead of schedule, right. you know, and there's nothing wrong with being ahead of schedule, no. you know? So I don't uh, do it very just often. Showed, yeah. That the, the guys are, are buying into what the coaches are preaching, you know, and that is always a good sign when it happens early like this. Hey, let's take the success because it's only going to keep building it. I know that we got ahead of ourselves earlier in the season, but let's think about it. We've got winnable games left. All the games that we have are winnable. You know, I was talking to my wife earlier, and I was like, you know, this sets out pretty good for K-State. Next week is going to be a big one. I mean, let's, again, I'm not a person that likes to hide from big games and expectations. We don't need to do that. I mean, we just beat the number five team in the country last week. Next week is a big game. We need to go win that game. That's a, it's a big barrier on the road. Texas is still a good football team, so let's not kid ourselves about that. They're a good football team. We go get that game, and some doors are going to start opening for this K-State team. So 
Uh, I'm excited next week. I'll be there, and I appreciate you, Tim, for allowing me to be there. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be an awful lot of fun, and uh, you will be joined by Riley Gates next week on the Powercat Postgame Podcast. Maybe not the fancy highlights involved. I'll see what I can do. I will be in Vegas, uh, darn it, with K-State basketball, so you and Riley will take care of the postgame podcast. We will find out Sunday uh, what time that K-State-Texas game kicks off. Maybe we'll find out later tonight because the Big 12 is wrapped up now with Oklahoma State beating TCU. Uh, I would imagine K-State will be in that 230 slot, uh, which means K-State basketball and K-State football will essentially be playing at the same time, which is unfortunate for fans, but that K-State UNLV basketball game tips off on ESPN Plus at uh, 3 p.m., 1 p.m. out there in Vegas. Um, So, but We'll take care of it. We'll get them all covered for our K-State fans. And remember, K-Staters, right now, uh, for forever, actually, as long as it's still going, you can subscribe to GoPowerCat.com and get a free subscription to the CBS All Access Pass, um, which is their streaming service, including original program and more than 10,000 titles in their archive of CBS programs and movies. That is now just part of your 24-7 subscription. So you pay for 100 or so dollars for an annual subscription, a little more than that, and we throw in a free $99 and 99 Sent all access advertising free past CBS All Access. All access. It's really cool, and I've been watching a lot of Star Trek because I'm a geek, Brian, and nobody can tell me <laughs> that I'm not a geek. I'm very proud of it. Um, let's go to one more question here um, from the dot two, uh, and this is a big picture question. How big of a statement was this for Kleiman and company to recruits to fans to the state of Kansas that yeah Les Miles might have a national championship at LSU but this is the tangible program it has been for many years and it remains that way even though that second coaching change has been made you know with the Snyder retirement the first time it didn't go well they've kind of I've sensed from KU fans they've convinced themselves that only Bill Snyder can do this to them and now Chris Kleiman's done it how big of a statement was this I think it was a big statement. Um, the one thing, if Coach Miles can't do anything, is recruit, and we know that. However, if you're going to go to a bit, if you're going to do that and you're considering Kansas or Kansas State, nothing has changed. Right. So, you know, nothing has changed. We, that is the whole point to all of the, to this win. Uh, it was a great question, I thought. It definitely sets a tone that if you are considering those two schools, it's not even a comparison. Kansas State is head and shoulders above KU. Uh, that's just the way that it is. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to be blunt or be rude, but that's just the way that it is. So any recruits that are out there, if they're looking at that, they're going to know what program to go to. They're going to know what program is better, what program continuously continuously wins and competes. I'm not saying that we're national champs or world beaters, but we're a better program than KU. We just are. And Coach Snyder set that foundation. Coach Kleiman has kept it going. And let's keep the beatings keep on going. And the beatings did keep on going in that second half as Kansas State absolutely dominated the Jayhawks in the second half. A throwaway touchdown by KU in the final minute as uh, Coach Les Miles got his son, a backup quarterback, a touchdown. What a warm, fuzzy moment that was. (laughs) 
<laughs> the guy looks about as much like a quarterback as I do, and that uh, that is unbelievable. Not to be a compliment, by the way. I want to get to a few more plays here from Wyatt Thompson because they were great plays later in the game. One of them is one of my favorite things to happen is when Kyle Ball gets a sack for the Wildcats, and just when KU thought it was getting a little traction on offense with Carter Stanley, this happened. Second down and six. Play fake. Stanley wants to throw. Winds up. Now he's under some pressure from Kyle Ball. He sacked him. Kyle Ball with his second big play of the day. And offensively, they go to the bench. They get Tyler Burns into the game. And next thing you know, this happens. There's the snap to Skyler. He'll hand it off to Burns. Burns to the 10, to the 5. He walks in. 14 yards for Tyler Burns. There's a Kansas guy into the end zone. And Kansas State, 37-3 against the Jayhawks with 9.30 to go in the football game. The, the TV guys made a funny, funny comment, an observation. Tyler Burns scored a 14-yard touchdown. Just burst up the middle of that KU defense, dodged a guy, and got in the end zone. It was beautiful. I mean, for a guy coming Coming in late for a guy that's probably what's your fourth or fifth string running back. Fifth, if you put Irvin into the mix as the freshman played quite a bit ahead of Burns in this game. And then Tyler Burns had to go cover the kickoff because he's on special teams. That's where he gets most of his action. So he, he scores a 14-yard touchdown, goes off, comes back in, and makes the tackle on the following kickoff. Uh, it kind of it, it felt like K-State football. You know, that's a Bill Snyder thing. Everyone chipping in, everyone accepting their role, whatever it is, how big or small. I feel like Coach Kleiman is so much like Bill Snyder and not like Bill Snyder in other ways that it's been a kind of a perfect transition so far. But yeah, kids like this are just really make the program, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what you you like to see. Guys out there competing to the end, scoring a touchdown. You know you're down on the depth chart, but where you do get your playing time, you still like to excel, goes out there and makes a tackle. I mean, it's just – that's K-State. I mean, mean, it was K-State when I was there. It was like that when Coach Snyder was there, when he started the program. Um, So it's just – it's good to see. You know, like I said, there's nothing bad to talk about this game. It's always good to beat up on KU. It just is. I know I'm harping on that. I, I sound bad in saying it, but I just get tired of the fans, Tim. I just get tired of the fans. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I hear you, man. Um, one more play here because I loved it. Khalid Duke, uh, freshman linebacker, played defensive end here in this game because he's taken Eric Gallon's spot. Eric Gallon with just a horrific injury last week against Oklahoma. His knee was dislocated. His kneecap popped out. His lower leg was out of socket. He tore about every ligament you have down there. He's done. I mean, he was a senior anyhow, but he's if he had more uh football eligibility he might be done it was that horrible of an injury so now duke's been pressed into duty and he lined up as a defensive end and in what used to be called the jet rush package i'm sure they have their own name for it and duke got his first career sack back to throw stanley under pressure sacked he goes down and it's khalid duke big time play there back into well close to jayhawk territory at the wildcat 49 yard line this team's really young. I mean, we talk about the, the seniors on the offensive line and a lot of seniors at defensive tackle and seniors here and there, guys like Denzel Goolsby. But this team's young, and they're playing some freshmen and have been forced to play some true freshmen and probably will go over the four-game limit on guys like Duke, and I think Joe Irvin will too, particularly if they 
injuries linger for Gilbert and Brown. Their lower leg injuries. I, Brown's an ankle. I think Gilbert's a knee, but just twists and sprains, just being battered. But how incredible is it, the contributions this good team is getting from true freshmen? Well, I mean, it's only going to help the program, so it's absolutely outstanding. You know, guys getting in, showing that they have the ability to come in and play, so it's showing that we're getting guys that can come in and compete early, which is only going to help us in the future because ultimately that's what kids want. They want to be able to come in and play right away. You're going to have some projects, and everybody understands that, but for the most part, kids know that if they're a project, they're not. They understand that part of it. So getting these contributions is only going to help us down the road, not only for this season, but for the future as well. Unfortunately, we don't have a highlight of my play of the game. Uh, And for good reason. It wasn't a play of any substance, really, for K-State. And I think most people missed it in the game. I want to go back and look at a video to see how much of a role Jack Stanine played in this. Another freshman, a fullback, who's burned his eligibility, his red shirt. So he's he's using up his freshman season. He's playing a lot. He's a human bowling ball at fullback. I don't know how this guy's in season and putting on weight, but congratulations. That seems like an accomplishment. <laughs> I'm not sure. His older brothers have played at Kansas. He grew up in Lawrence. He grew up a KU fan, but wanted to be part of Chris Kleiman's program. He was looking at North Dakota State. They immediately started recruiting him at K-State, and uh, he jumped at the offer. His more his closest brother in age, Jay, is a starting linebacker for Kansas. And in the second half, Jay had to be helped off the field because he got crushed by little brother Jax. I think he got crushed by him. Jax was right there at the point of contact after the after his brother was laying on the on the field, and that kind of summed it up. They look yeah. at K State as the little brother because of what they do in basketball, and then the little brother just absolutely knocked the big brother silly. It's just it was almost humorous to me because I could laugh because Jay was healthy and came back in the game. But it was it was a great day to be a Wildcat. Uh, I'm sure the players will rejoice. And now it's on to Texas. You just got to get in that mode, don't you? They did it from Oklahoma to Kansas. Now they got to just keep going forward. And that's, uh, right. that's the challenge for this team, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. They just got to keep going one day at a time. I know that's what the coaches are preaching. So they just got to stay in the moment because the moment right now is a good moment to be in. It's a big moment too, but stay in the moment. These guys are thriving right now. We, we learn from some of our mistakes from earlier in the season. We're a better football team than what we were earlier in the season. So just got to stay in the moment and keep going. Just keep going keep playing hard keep practicing keep preparing keep listening to the coaches things will turn out okay they'll turn out okay amen my friend that is brian hanley former kansas state offensive lineman and one of our football analysts here at gopowercat.com we'll have wyatt thompson's final call the game here in a second but remember caddyshack golf is the sponsor of this post-game podcast from the golf course to the tailgate show your purple pride all week long caddyshack golf where 
Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. And, folks, use the code GPC for free shipping. Let them know you heard about Caddyshack Golf right here on the Powercat postgame podcast. Well, it was a great day for Kansas State. Even though they were depleted at running back, they ran wild at Kansas with a 38-10 victory. They are bowl eligible. The defense was dominating. Skylar Thompson was brilliant. And here is Wyatt Thompson to take us out of this week's Powercat postgame podcast. Kansas State first and 10 in the final minute of the game. Nick Ost will turn and give it off to Burns, and Burns running left, still on his feet inside the 40 down to the 39-yard line. He got eight, and Kenny Logan Jr. makes the stop with 22 seconds to go, and that is going to do it. And the Wildcats have beaten the Jayhawks 11 straight times and six straight times here in Lawrence. Again the final, Cats 38, Jayhawks 10. You've been listening to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast presented by Caddyshack Golf. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd. Exclusively on Paramount+.